Welcome to Meet an African Pastor podcast. My name is Anthony Seitzma, and in this podcast, I interview different African pastors so that people around the world can hear about what their lives are like and pray for them. And most importantly, this gives all of us an opportunity to learn from the African church. Thank you for listening. Welcome, Moses. I'm glad to have you on this podcast. And uh, for those of you who are listening, I'm excited because Moses is actually my own pastor, where I pray, where I worship in Soroti, Uganda. So Moses, tell us more about yourself, your background, your family, your age. Thank you, Reverend. Uh, greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Moses Egonu is my name. I am one of the pastors in Soroti, uh, assembly and I pastor Pamba PhD Church. I am uh, a born again. I love Jesus Christ. I I don't yet have a family, but uh, I have a family where I am born from, and uh, I am born uh, in a, a district called Kalaki, a young district that is recently just being uh, baptized. And uh, I am uh, particularly in a place called uh, Kamidakan Otuboy Sub-County, a Papai, uh, a Papai uh, County as well. So I am so blessed this uh, morning to share with you my life story, experience as a pastor, and uh, some of the the, 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 the things I have learned in the ministry that God has called me to do. That's very good. Thank you, Moses. We're, we're so glad to be with you here. I think you did not tell us your age. How old are you now? Uh, I am 26 years. 26. I think I am one of the youngest pastors in Soroti Assembly. <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing a good job. We're, we're grateful for you. Thank you. Tell us about uh, a little bit about your upbringing and... Um, you know, how did you start feeling called to be a pastor? Uh, I was born in a family whereby people had not known Jesus Christ as their personal savior. Uh, I may say I was the first person to receive Jesus Christ mm. in our family. I was born in a family whereby uh, most of my parents were Catholics. And it was quite challenging when I got saved. I, I became uh, like an enemy to the family members. Mm. Uh, personally, I found resistance from mainly my dad because uh, he was seeing it like uh, I am bringing shame to him since he's uh, one of the very prominent persons in a uh, in Catholic. Mm. And he, it was not an easy moment. It was so difficult. But uh, as God had prepared uh, that uh, I will be one day somewhere as his minister. And uh, I, I endured uh, midst all those tough moments. Uh, times he would even chase me away from home, not to have my food, mm. because I, I have uh, I've rebelled against him. I want to bring shame to him, but all was for Christ's sake. Mm. And uh, all that would encourage me, I... I, one of my grandmothers who produced my mother was a, 
uh, one of the persons who was born again and she could always encourage me that please do not mind of what is taking place just be focused with one mind that uh, you are not serving man but it's all for Jesus Christ and is your father still feeling like that today or has there been some reconciliation uh, right now as we speak uh, as I continued uh, serving the Lord and he began seeing the fruits mm. uh, very good fruits compared to other children that uh, remained with him in uh, the way he wanted he began realizing that uh, I am changed uh, my, my life is changed the way I do my things is, uh, is different from the way other children do uh, he realized and he, as we speak today I think I am one of his most loved children and mm. he's always proud of me. Okay. So what what kind of changes did he see compared to maybe the other his other children or other youth around? Uh the change that uh he has seen one I am a kind of person who is uh, organized in the way I do my things. I I don't love these issues of being like other youth that roam there and there going for discourse, drinking. Mm. He sees I am always at home. Most times he sees me at home just praising, praying. Mm. And uh, when he sees with the other children, he sees the other one can move out of home. They will come at around 10 at night. Mm. And for me, he sees that I am always at home. At By 7 sharp, I'm at home. Mm. And he really began seeing a serious change. And uh, as we speak today, uh, I think uh, he really sees that uh, I was really fighting uh, God through from this young man. Have you invited him to church here yet? I, you know, he, 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 I know it's God's time. Mm. Uh, God knows when to pick him. Yeah. Though he's still uh, one of the, the, the staunch Catholics. Mm. But uh, uh, today, as uh, we speak, when I call him and I talk to him, he listens to me mm. and there is some good response. That's and good. I trust that his time will come that by God's grace mm. he will receive Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Moses. Um, there's something else I wanted to talk to you about. I, I've talked to you before and I know that you've had uh, kind of a rough experience in your in your time as a youth, and that's with the Lord's Resistance Army. Would you be willing to tell us more about that? Uh, well, uh, it was uh, a tough moment in life that even when you want to talk about it, it reminds you of a lot of things. Mm. But uh, I know uh, God allowed it for the purpose. Mm. Uh, when I, I was uh, still young, uh, around nine to ten years uh, I was uh, at school and that was the time by the time they picked uh, girls from Luala girls mm. and uh, they passed by our place in the next morning and that is uh, uh, Kamirakan mm. and uh, they were able to take us me together with my uncle and uh, it was a very tough moment it uh, when we talk about it, it is really a very tough moment, mm. whereby uh, you can even, you can take uh, almost, it's all a drain 
that will make you to bathe but you, you will never have time to shower like you want to go and shower like any other person no it, it is actually when it rains that's an advantage of showering <laughs> mm. and when it even comes uh, like uh, you, you you really find it it is so tough because you are under the control of somebody that you don't know mm. and he will give you to to carry what you can your strength cannot even carry mm. but uh because you know that once you refuse your life is on danger you will have to lose it mm. so uh it is one it was one of the the the, the, the common uh, things that happened during that uh, time of LRA that uh it was uh the moment that there was a lot of suffering beside but uh, god above all stood it for us even at that time god's grace was still upon us though you will see most people be tortured some even die but god was still so gracious to to really uh, show his mercies upon us uh even at that very moment that things seemed to be so difficult mm. and so tough and in that life uh, i learned something that the life that we are living we live a life without christ mm. it is useless because when you see how that uh, time life was tough you would really see that life is useless without jesus christ mm. and at that time you see like you'll die anytime mm. you 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 don't know that will i reach tomorrow but god still had his purpose to to secure me amid is that challenge mm. of that uh, lra i i remember i took like uh, one year when uh, uh, we were under that uh, uh that lra uh hands and we we moved and i i grew thin i was just like a rasta my hair was so lousy <laughs> so lousy at uh, you really see everything even at the time when we came back after we were rescued it wasn't easy for my brain to normalize in the right senses it took time because mm. i remember after bringing us they took us to to lira that care center is where we we were but even after there when they brought us home we, we still had that mentality mm. of uh, being so rebellious every time you want to fight nobody can play around with you nobody should tamper with you and that thing was still in in, in me mm. but as time kept on moving slowly as i kept on getting a lot of counseling i saw god coming in and i realized that oh the other life i was living wasn't a very uh, good life before the presence of god mm. Mm. let me back up a little bit for those who maybe don't know what what was the lord's resistance army and what were they trying to do and uh in real uh, understanding because as a child i may not i, I didn't know their motives mm. but uh uh honestly their, their their target was on young children mm. yes their target was on young children and of which uh maybe they knew that uh, it's easy to 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 capture a young child and to change his mind mm. towards what you can play the tune until it suits your 
understanding compared to an elderly person. Mm. Yes, that's what I realized in my so now when I I, I grew up at this uh, stage like that, I realized oh the reason why these people were after the children was because it's easy to play with the minds of the child to suit mm. someone's interest. And were they were they fighting against the government? Uh like the army of the you, of Uganda? You, you see, uh the government of Uganda was really uh having pain for the younger ones that were going through that torture. Mm. And that's why you see they had to to look all the ways to rescue these children. Mm. And you know an enemy, when an enemy is there, they will never accept you to to come to them and just take those children just in a smooth way. Mm. They will always have to fight you. Mm. And I realized they could always do that mm. because they would not because they were also careful of themselves, yeah. as any other person may may be. Mm. So, but uh, we really want to appreciate uh, the government of Uganda that they had that uh, interest to rescue. The, the children. Mm. The very me we're talking today, it's because the government came in and they, they, they came to rescue. That's why we were also able to come back. Mm. If they are not coming, I think uh, I, would, I wouldn't now, no, I would not be in Uganda by now. Mm. I don't know where I would be. Mm. Maybe I would have died. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, how old were you when they took you? Uh, I was at around 9 to 10 years. Between. Very young, very yeah, young. And they they had you for one year. Yes, one year is when around one year. Okay. Mm. It sounds like the, your main job was to carry things for them. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I think some of the other people your age were also being forced to fight. Is that right? You know, when when you are with any a person you don't know, and when anything happens you also have to to, to, to to take care of your life you have to rescue your life mm. you you will have to, to to get all ways to to save and to safeguard your life from mm. danger so that one was obvious to like to any other person when you're on a danger zone you also have to look ways to safeguard and rescue your life from danger mm. yes and uh, were they treating boys and girls the same or did they have different no duties no no uh, Girls were a bit favored compared to <laughs> to boys mm. because girls, uh, you know, always uh, ladies are more favored compared to mm. <laughs> to men when it comes. And most of these uh, uh, these LRA were men, so sometimes uh, some of these young ladies would even be their only women. Mm. Yes, and then have have children with them mm. or not. Yeah, some would even get pregnant, but <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So how did you, you, you said you were rescued or you escaped? No, they were, we were rescued. You were rescued. How did that, how did that happen? Because when, when they were attacked, mm. I think they, they, they were challenged. Mm. And that became an opportunity for us also to, to, to be rescued. Okay. Mm. So it's like they ran away and yes. left you? Yes. Okay. And then you had some good counseling yeah. after that. We had some good counseling. Did you get counseling? It was an NGO? But uh, yes, yes, that was an NGO. Did you also get counseling from the church or from, from yes, pastors? Yes, I, I got from church as well. Okay. Mm. They were all together. They were working together. Mm. Yes.
the, the, the mainly these the NGOs were working up with the church leaders. Mm. Yes, and those ones who were trained particularly to counsel. So, so you said after after that year you you were a bit rebellious. You said. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know that mentality was still there. Mm. <laughs> uh, a, a mentality of defending yourself. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> but after you got counseled, uh, you started to become more stable. Yeah. Uh, do you, did you have a lot of uh, depression during those times? Yeah, as a person, you you will have them. Mm. You will, because uh, whatever happens in your life. Always, it will cause something mm. in your in your mind in everything. And today, as you look at yourself and you look at your personality and your skills and those all the all the aspects of yourself, how do you see that you are shaped by those those hard times with the LRA? How did they shape you to make you who you are today? You know those LRA times. One, it shaped me. I came to discover that uh, when you are a person who loves doing rebellious things, your life, your days are numbered. Mm. Because, uh, and uh, sometimes I pity people who, who say that they have strength, they want fight. Mm. Sometimes I see them and I pity them and I say that these people, they have not yet passed through mm. a life that will make them understand that fighting will never take you anywhere. Mm. Yes. Because uh, your life will be on risk. Because uh, sometimes some of them do because they have never gone through any hard, tough times in life. Mm. But if you have ever gone through tough times in life, you will always understand what it means by, 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 by not... Uh, being someone who is rebellious. Okay. And did you feel called to ministry before or after that experience? It was after that experience. After. Okay. Do you think that experience also prompted you to look at ministry, look at being a pastor? Yes, because I became so close to some of the pastors that could build my spiritual life and uh, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. When I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I, I, I came to ministry, but the ministry I came first was in praise and worship team. Mm. That was the ministry I, I first joined. Okay. So I served in the praise and worship team for around three years. Mm. Yes, I, I served it for three years. Then now, I began uh, coming in in the other ministries, like uh, translating when the speaker, somebody a speaker mm-hmm. is, uh, is, is, is preaching, and maybe the audience that uh, may not understand. Mm-hmm. I, I, I joined that ministry as well, and from there, I, I really felt that burden in me that God has called me to serve him. Mm. And uh, I, I want to appreciate God that uh, uh, used one of the reverends in the Soroti PAG, and that is Reverend Joseph Engolo. Mm. And he, he came to me. Mm. I, I first got it uh, like a dream. I got it like a dream, but I took it like something minor. 
Mm. I got a dream like uh, Reverend Joseph came and told me that you uh, prepare, I'm taking you to school. Mm. And I asked him which school? That he was saying that I'm taking you to to the Bible college. Mm. But now I I I I I, I couldn't uh, understand, and I took it simple. After like uh, around six to seven months, I Reverend began calling me, sharing with me, sharing with me. Though he did not tell me he's mine, mm. but like uh, after one year, after that, like uh, when it was clocking one year, is when he told me that I want to take you to the Bible college. Mm. Then now I confirm that this was really God that was talking mm. to me. What is going to happen? Mm. Mm. Let me pick up on that point just for a minute. Do you think, uh, in your experience, has God spoken to you a lot through dreams, or was that unusual for you? Uh, particularly, um, God spoke to me on that that one through a dream. Yeah. And uh, it's not a dream you cannot take it to be something so serious, mm. because there is also uh, imagination in your brain. Yeah. Then there is also uh, just what you, f- you 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 saw somebody doing, mm. and uh, you may like it, and it, it also your brain can reflect. Yeah. And then also maybe just also any other normal dream that may happen. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't take it so serious. Mm. I, I couldn't, and I did not take it so serious. That's why you see, I was saying that I I I did not take it so serious. I relaxed mm. and just said. Maybe my brain was, uh, I saw somebody ministering and my brain was mm. on that, maybe just in my imagination, or maybe because just any other normal dream. Mm. But uh, when now, uh, Reverend Joseph called me and told me that, is when now I realized and confirmed that this was God. Okay. Mm. Have you had other dreams like that, or that was... That uh, one time only on, on ministry <laughs> on the ministry it was that one only. Okay. That that, that really I uh, I received particularly on that call. Mm. It was that one and and uh, when uh, as I told you that earlier on I felt a burden in my heart that uh, I I have to be a minister in the house of God. Mm. I was feeling that burden. So when now I received that dream, I couldn't take it serious. But now when they Reverend Joseph called me in his office and talked to me about that. It's when I realized that this was God communicating to me. Mm. So, Moses, thank you so much for sharing about that history, those times that you went through, how you felt called to ministry. Really appreciate you being willing to share that, even though you know those are hard things to think about again after you've been through them. Let's now come more to the present time. You're serving as a pastor and I think um, everyone in the assembly knows that you're hoping to get married soon. <laughs> Not only this church, but around. So, you know, in uh, in other places around the world, uh, the process of getting married looks differently in different places. So here, tell us about what that process looks like, and especially for you. How, how do you go about... Yes, yes. How do you go about it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, even me, I am challenged mm, to be a pastor who is not uh, complete, because I may say that uh, not complete, because uh, 
as the, the Bible tells us that everyone, every strong man, you see him being a very strong and successful. There is some strong helper behind him mm. or her. But uh, uh, I, am, I am now standing, I'm, I'm standing, but uh, there is no strong helper behind me. <laughs> I'm just standing on my own. Mm. And uh, I also, it's a challenging question to me to think about. Mm. And uh, I have thought several times about it. And uh, I have put it into consideration. Though it's a process that is a bit challenging and tricky. Mm. Because one, for us, uh, as you know that our culture here, our culture here in Africa, we, we believe much uh, on process of marriage dowry. Mm. Yeah, dowry must be there. So and, <laughs> you cannot go and tell somebody daughter that, <laughs> yes, you can tell her that I love you, but after telling mm. her I love you, and after maybe God speaks to you about her, that she's your wife, you will not go that, okay, today God has spoken that you are my wife, let's go and marry now and when. Mm. That, that one, it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> you must have to sort on the side of the, the so parents. Tell, tell us in Uganda, what, what does dowry mean? What is that word? A dowry can mean, for us, uh, it can mean like uh, cows, mm. uh, cattle, cows, goats, uh, given to yes given to the parents of the girl okay <laughs> uh, and most time maybe they can marry a woman like with uh, eight to ten cows mm. uh, eight to ten cows and uh, you have to look for all those cows mm. <laughs> and, and uh, that's why you see i was telling you that uh, i have taken it into consideration but uh, i am also trying to work towards it mm. though i have not yet gotten those things you have to, to save to sort the side of the you parents. have to start saving cows yes i have to start saving <laughs> <laughs> to sort because the, the, the important thing is to sort the side of the parents mm. and then they now give us a letter of the go ahead of and them. what happens in uganda if you skip that and you just try to get married without yeah in uganda also it depends there are different tribes mm. like for us in eastern mainly mm. eastern mainly we we we, we believe on cows Mm. Those people believe that at least cows, cows are is more important. But uh, when you go to Western, they also have uh, their different ways. Mm -hmm. Those ones believe on kanzu, sugar. But in Teso, there is also kanzu, and there is also those items, mm. sugar, what, goma says for the auntie. So you have to think <laughs> mm. along all that. So it it is quite expensive yeah but I'm saying if you tried to go around that and you tried to not give what would happen it is the, 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 the parents of the, the, the lady mm. may not give you a go-ahead because it's the parents of the lady that will give you the go-ahead of marriage and you can't you can't go forward without the parents permission yes unless the, the father the parents of the girl tell you that oh my son we understand you we are giving you the letter to marry. That one is fine. So they might have mercy on you if you don't have a lot of yes, they, possession. Yes, and it's rare to get such. <laughs> in in hundred, you may only get two percent mm. of the parents who are like that. Mm. Very few. Does the clan also benefit, or just the immediate family of the girl? It's only the family of the groom because now the 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 the, 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 the of the bride because now on the side of the groom. You are the one even to facilitate your own parents. 
your own parents mm. and your other people. So to facilitate your parents, like also your mother, maybe Gomasi, your father also, some suit and what. It is still on the side of the, 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 the man. Mm. <laughs> yes. So actually, more burden is on the side of a man. Mm. A woman is okay. Actually, sometimes uh, in my preachings, I love saying that uh, women are like, uh, you see, a, a shop. Eh? When you have a shop, uh, it is there. But uh, a man is like a shopkeeper. So, <laughs> so it is a shopkeeper who will go and shop things and bring things into the shop. Mm. But the shop is there only waiting. Those things in the shop, they are just there. A customer comes and admires it. Mm. So, for you now, <laughs> a, a, a woman is, is waiting. When you say, I love you, for her, she will say, yes, I do love you. Mm. But now, on the other side, you have to struggle to, to finish the, up the other side of the... <laughs> are the women allowed to say, no, I'm not interested in you? Here? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so they do refuse sometimes. You say, I really want to marry you, and they, yes. they refuse. Okay. Yes, because it's a choice. Yeah. Marriage is a choice. So do you, do you first, like in your plan, do you first find the lady that you want to marry, and then you look for the dowry, or do you look for the dowry first, and then you start looking for the lady you want to marry? Uh, at least you have to first have something before you go... And tell a lady, you know, it's like a, a businessman. Mm. You cannot go and begin bargaining mm. <laughs> on the item mm. when you don't have something in your pocket. Mm. So you must have some some money in your pocket so mm. that you can begin uh, having that uh, conversation mm. towards the bargaining of the item. Now I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know if you need more time to think about this, but one of my questions would be. <clears throat> in the church, I know there's different denominations, there's different views, but in the church, are there different views of the dowry compared to the traditional culture, or is it all kind of this, everyone is in agreement? Mm. Is everyone in agreement, or are there different views about how to do the dowry for Christians and the traditional culture? Yes. Uh, like uh, a church, handles its parts. Mm. A church cannot begin dictating on the side of the, the, the parents. Okay. So you have to first sort out with your the parents of the girl. Mm. By the time now you come to the church, yes, the church now will so, come in and support your wedding. So it's like the, the traditional culture has its function. Yes. What it has to to look out for in the yes. church as its own. And the church's function then is what? Mm. Because, because now, the, on the side of the parents, they have their clan. Mm. And you know, as we are aware that people have different beliefs. Mm. There are those that are Catholic, there are those that are Protestants, there are those that are, that are PAG, there are those that are from different ministries. Mm. And all these, are, uh, all these churches have different ways they handle marriage. Mm. So you may find the father of the girl is a Catholic. Mm. <laughs> you may find the father of the girl is a... And even when you find the father of a girl, maybe it's in the same church with you, but the clan will press him. Mm. Yes, because they are bylaws of a clan as well. Mm. Okay, so now a pastor like you, um, 
we know that pastors are not paid very well in Uganda, unfortunately. So how how does a pastor like you, I'm not saying just you, but other pastors, how do they how do they prepare for this dowry? Because I think a dowry is quite a lot of money lot in, of money, in yeah. Uganda. Yes, it's a lot of money. So how do pastors do it? Uh, how do they make it? <laughs> Some, sometimes you, you have to, that's why you see, sometimes some pastors take long mm. to get married because they are preparing. <laughs> they are preparing. Mm. So that's why I say I was telling you that uh, uh, even me, it's a challenging thing to me. Mm. And uh, I have put it into consideration. Mm. But I'm still now working on the other side of the what? The dowry. If the dowry were there, I would even say by tomorrow I'm marrying. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that tomorrow I'm marrying. Mm. Hey, if I want you, you have a lady in mind. <laughs> you know, getting a, a lady may not be a big challenge, mm. but a big challenge is the dowry. So you're do, that means you're doing some other kind of work besides church work to start to start saving. Ye, yes, you, you have to try. You have to try mm. to to say that you you meet mm. your expectations. So you're doing like agriculture, agriculture or business, mainly agriculture. Like for me, mainly I do agriculture mainly. Mm. Mm. Okay, so that hopefully soon you'll have saved enough, then you can get married. Now in the wedding, that's another expense. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you get the help from the church for the wedding expenses? Yes, at least the church comes in. Okay. The church comes in when it comes to wedding. So it's more that the the husband to be has to save up for the dowry yes but then the wedding expenses can be helped by the community yes okay the community will come in but not in everything mm. yeah, you still have to think towards that okay <laughs> you know, like that when it comes to to wedding you have to think at least food mm. must be covered <laughs> now let me come back to what we were you, were you were talking about how it's difficult maybe to be a pastor when you're not married how do how do Christians in the church view an unmarried pastor? Do they give you extra challenges because you're not married? Yeah, you know, sometimes when, when, when you are married, uh, one, it, it helps you. Because the truth is, we cannot run away from the fact that we are living around a community where there are both girls and men. And these girls will always keep on eyeing that I wish Pastor could tell me that I love you. You get it? Mm. And they will all try to do their possible ways to try to attempt you. You get it? Mm. So that is one of, of the child. But when you're married, they are aware because mm. you are with your wife. Mm. When, they, when somebody begins, you tell that, please, I am a married man. Mm. I am a married man. So it helps you. Mm. Yes mainly because the, the fact is we are in the community where there are both young ladies mm. and men mm. and these young ladies mm. also how there are also some of them that are at least they have taken time and they they now feel like to get married but they feel like hey, but the pastor is free why can't i try my best but, to <laughs> the pastor to tell me something i've heard <laughs> i've heard different things though i've heard that some some ladies Maybe want to marry a pastor. That's what sounds like what you're saying. But some 
Some of them would say, no, you marry a pastor if you want a life of poverty. <laughs> so, is it is it really that there are some who want to marry a pastor? Yes. That's why you see... If they're committed to ministry, maybe. Yes, that's why you see, like, uh, in the, even on, on, on just outside church, that's why you see there are many different courses. Mm. But somebody can choose, I want to do accounting. Mm. Somebody can say, I want to do... Uh, business administration. Mm. Somebody can say, no, me, I want to do law. Mm. And it's a choice. Mm. Somebody can choose, yes, me, I want to be a lawyer. I want to do law. And not all will go for law. It's the same thing also to, <laughs> to pastors. Mm. There are those who say, I want to marry a pastor. Mm. And there are those who say, I will never marry a pastor. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. It's a choice of a person. But uh, what I know is uh, when it comes to issues of marriage, at least most ladies uh, nowadays they they feel like to marry a pastor. Why? Because they are aware that the world that we are living today is a wicked world, mm. and the, a world that a lot of things you can't nowadays be confident of someone that you are not so sure. Mm. And at least now most of them have confidence that at least when you marry a pastor, at least there is some hype chances mm -hmm. of, uh, of of having a, a, a family that is set, settled. Okay. Well, Moses, we're getting close to the end of our time here. I want to just ask you a couple more questions before we, we close. Um, can you share about what what is most fulfilling or exciting about being a pastor? How, how do you see God using you? What do you most enjoy as a pastor? Uh, as a, as a pastor, I really enjoy to, to, to be in, in, in His presence. Because uh, many times when I come in the presence of God, and when we meet together as a church in fellowship, I really feel His joy. Mm. And I really see God do great things. Mm. I really find God do great things. And as I told you that, I really love praising so much. I love mm -hmm. praising and worshiping God. Because mm -hmm. yeah. uh, uh, it's one of the things I really feel in my heart mainly when, 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 I, when I miss praise and worship, I feel like I have missed something big mm. in me. And now I understand often you will, in church, you will lead a song yes, even yes. before you preach. Yes. But now I remember you said you used to lead praise and worship, so mm. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um, how do you see God using the people of your church in the community? I, I really see God using people in my community. One, uh, I see people going to hospital ministry, mm. and I see God doing great things. God heals the sick. Many come to Christ, and that really empowers and impresses me as a, as a pastor mm. and it really tells me that we have been called mm. to preach and to reconcile people with God. Mm. Yes. Okay. Very good. Now as we come to an end, um, the people listening I think would love to pray for you mm. and for your church as well. Um, can you share what they can pray for you about and what they can pray for the church. 